Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we've got an interesting week in wrestling, if if only for the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Yeah, we had a, a major return. Uh, yeah, major return, and can't wait to talk about our truth and his yep. return to WWE. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, the last time they were in Chicago, uh, he missed the bus, mm-hmm. so he has just been chilling in the... Uh, Stadium there in, in the arena in the arena since uh, since then yeah and uh, he made his his valiant return to WWE television won his match uh, well, yeah he didn't have a match but yeah well, you know he he, uh, he, uh, he he ran away with his ruffles so there yeah. you go uh, yeah so Survivor Series twenty twenty three was Saturday night decent pay per view we're gonna run through it we're gonna talk about some of the other stuff that happened. Uh, this is Turkey Week, so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope, hope Thanksgiving that everybody had was well. And yeah. <clears throat> none of your family members got stabbed or, or punched by other family family members. Yeah. Uh, you know, no no fights no about, fight, uh, no. you know, using real glass in spots yeah, or not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this week we are drinking um, Rua, R-U-A, and I think that's supposed to be one of those little accents over the U, but I'm not really sure. Um, this is an American single malt whiskey. So when you brought this bottle in, the first thing that went through my mind was it looked like a wine bottle. Mm. And I was like, all right, so I guess we're going to be wine and wrestling this week. Mm, never, uh, so. never. I will never bring <laughs> wine in. That's good. <laughs> Man, it smells so. sweet. So this is an American single malt. So I'm expecting it. Um, uh, this is one that I picked up while I was in North Carolina a couple weeks ago. Actually, my, my father-in-law picked it up, so thank you, Harry. Um, I have not tried this one. <coughs> so, I'm expecting it to be kind of a take on a uh, single malt scotch. Yeah. Just, you know. But, yeah, it is 46% alcohol by volume, making it 92 proof. Ooh, it's aged two years. <laughs> Like so. just looking at this bottle, it looks really clear. Like it, I mean, it's it's got your whiskey color, but yeah. like we've got a bottle of Chevis Regal sitting on the table as well, and it's darker than the Chevis Regal, I think. Yeah, maybe it is. It just looks. It is just a very, very light color. Of course, Chevis Regal is also Scotch, so it's not. Yeah, it's not stored in charred barrels, but and it's you know that's like age twelve say, years versus this one's two like, years. Like I was gonna say, like with that Chevis versus this, they're almost the same color, mm-hmm. and one of them is a Scotch in twelve years, and the other one is a a bourbon in two, or a whiskey in two. So yeah, um, it smells really really sweet, but I gotta be honest, I don't have high hopes. No. One day I'll bring the Defiant up here, which is the North Carolina whiskey that I bought. Yeah. And it'll be a, hey, don't buy this whiskey, because <laughs> it was bad. Mm. Um, they were defiant of taste. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but So we'll give this Rua a try. Let's see, huh? And, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. No, don't like that. That is very medicine-y tasting. <clears throat> when I first put it in my mouth, I was like, why is there water? Because there was no taste on the front. Yeah, it... I mean... I don't know. I get, I get cough syrup is what I get out of that. I'm not getting cough syrup notes. I'm just getting a bunch of nothing. There was burn... There was, this ain't it. So, North North Carolina, stop stop right. making whiskey. What did we have? We had what was it last week that we had that was the hundred proof that you had brought? 
Um, 17... Yeah. 1776? 1792, 1792, whatever it was. That was higher proof than this mm-hmm. and had less burn. Yeah. All of this burn was on the back end. I <laughs> yeah, got no burn on the front end. I, I couldn't recommend this. No. To uh, anybody for any reason. Yeah, it's just not good. I mean... North Carolina, this is... I've tried two of your whiskeys... You're and 0 for 2. You're 0 for 2. And this is something that if you have the bottle, you mix it in with like a couple of three liters of Coke. Yeah. And you put it in a punch bowl <laughs> on a table. Yeah. Your, this is, this is definitely as your well Jack and Coke. Yeah. This is something you can mix. And, you know, it's disappointing because I know what this costs. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is not good. worth the price. It just ain't good. Uh, the same price that you get this at, you can get four roses. You yeah. can get a bunch of redemption. You can get two bottles of redemption. Like, to, um, to me, this is Canadian mist. Yeah, this is this bottle should have come in plastic and cost twenty bucks on that taste. Do you rate this higher than Canadian <laughs> Hunter? I rate uh, Bong Water. Higher than Canadian Hunter, <laughs> I think. Um, oh man, that stuff was bad. I do rate this higher than Dimple Pinch. Yeah, or or not higher than Dimple Pinch. Rather, I would rather drink the Dimple Pinch. I think. Well, see, the Dimple Pinch wasn't bad. It was just nothing. Yeah, there, which there was. Is, you it, know, it had no positive or negative qualities. Yeah, this has negative qualities. Yeah, so. All right, well, I think we've talked about uh, this enough. Let's so, let's talk about what we're here for, the other part of our podcast, wrestling. Yeah, so so we're going to start, we'll start off a little bit with some AEW stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Continental Championship kicked off this week. So AEW has decided they needed another belt, but then they're going to put the uh, ROH Championship... And the New Japan, I think it's the strong never weight or something like that, mm-hmm. strong open weight. They're going to put those three belts kind of together as a belt. Um, to whoever wins the, the Continental Championship. And, and that main event for it will be on world's end at the end of December. So what we're going to get over the next few weeks is they're doing like round robin seating. Mm-hmm. They have the gold group and the blue group because, you know, X-Men. Um, <laughs> right. You have matches or a 20-minute time limit. If it goes to time limit, both competitors get one point. The winner gets three points on a normal pinfall submission. Uh, the loser gets no points, obviously. There is no one allowed at ringside during these matches. Uh, that's like stipulation in the... Which is so refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, they've got, I think it's six wrestlers in each box. It's either five or six. Uh, so, you know, you got your group A, your group B, very World Cup. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 uh, leans right into the Tony Khan to the Khan family, that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> Wednesday night we saw Juice Robinson. I mean, not Juice Robinson cause he's, he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, Jay White got three points. Moxley got three points. Was Moxley in it? Uh-huh. He okay. beat, uh, who did he beat? Can't remember who he beat, but, oh, uh, Mark Briscoe. Okay. Those two got three points, and I think, and Roosh got three points. So, or was it Roosh? I don't no, think Roosh it was Roosh. Roosh lost to Jay White. This is us being prepared, by the way. <laughs> AEW Continental Classic. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. See if I can find that, um, 
They don't have it displayed well. Right. Let's say we get Jay White's got three points. John Moxley has three points. Swerve Strickland has three yeah, points. That's right. Swerve uh, his match. Lethal, Briscoe, and Rush All or Roosh uh, have zero because they're the ones that lost. And that was on the gold uh, yeah. group. The blue group wrestled on Collision. And you've got Brody King has three. <laughs> yep. Claudio Castagnoli has three. Andre El Idolo has zero. Yeah, because um, Eddie Kingston lost to Brody King, uh, which means Brody King is currently the double champ. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's got to be. Unless they're doing it as a weird... Uh, Eddie will remain champion until the end since this is just point the point round. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Andre El Idolo and Brian Danielson have, have not, not wrestled. wrestled. Yeah. So we okay. shall see. Next week, uh, and the next week matches are Moxley versus Lethal, Briscoe versus Roosh, and Swerve versus Jay White. And then in the blue group, you'll have Danielson versus Kingston, Castagnoli versus King, and Andrade versus Daniel Garcia. So... I kind of like this concept. It's something different than just a, a single elimination tournament. Um, yeah. I think having uh, Kingston put his gold on the line yeah. was a, the wrong call. And the thing is, like, I don't know. I don't know if he's not going to put it on the line until the tournament stage. So it's going to be like, okay, during this round robin stage, you can lose, you can whatever. But if you don't advance. Yeah. Then whoever advances and and the top spot from this group gets the belts. I, I don't I don't know how they're handling that part. I don't, I don't know. know if maybe maybe Kingston vacated the titles. Um, so they're vacant. They, they still show him with the title over his shoulder in the picture, though. I don't know. So, I I don't know. This was a week of weird weird stipulations that could or that had the potential or did lead to odd outcomes. Mm. We'll talk about one on Survivor Series that happened last night, too. Yeah. So, um, Also on Dynamite, we had Christian Cage rechristening yeah. the uh, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Oh, sir, his name is Killswitch now. Well, I'm, I was getting there. <laughs> yes. He rechristened Luchasaurus as Killswitch. Yeah. And he rechristened Nick Wayne as the prodigy Nick Wayne. Yeah. Um, so it, he also put all of the blame on their loss uh, Saturday to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, you know, because when Christian Cage ran out of the arena, right? he, you know, left Luchasaurus alone to be, to eat three finishers. Yeah. And that's Luchasaurus's fault. Um, uh, they are heavily teasing Luchasaurus turning on Christian, yep. which is going to be great when he does. Edge gave Nick Wayne a concerto in front of his mom. Yeah. That so, was great. <laughs> so Nick Wayne's mom comes down to the ring. Luchasaurus gets shoved into her by Christian. Yeah. And something. And then all of a sudden they're setting her up for a concerto. Yep. Because that's about how it went on television. I think it was supposed to be Christian telling them to get the chairs, but it just kind of looked like well, Nick he was Wayne like, jumped out of the ring and got the chairs. Yeah, it, it was like there was miscommunication, or yeah. or Nick Wayne got ahead of him. I don't know. I, you know, Edge comes down to the ring, spears Wayne, uh-huh. and uh, of course, by this point, Nick Wayne's mother had finally come back to her senses and gotten out of the way. She was like leaned in the corner. You know, the, the bump from Luchasaurus knocked her out. She's a ref, I guess. Um, (laughs) No, she's a, she's a mother. She's a woman, Michael. Uh, She's not a wrestler. So, you know, one hit from a guy and, and, you know, out. Yeah. Out cold. Yeah. Uh, Then edge, or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we should call him by his Adam Copeland. Nails Nick Wayne with a concerto. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, the only part about this I care about is Luchasaurus turning on Christian. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> to see that. But other than that, uh, let's see. Oh, there was a huge return to AEW television on Dynamite. Yeah. You know, the the very nice, very evil Dan Housen yeah. made yes. his return. Yes. Um, um, yeah, put to curse. <laughs> Orange Cassidy was backstage with, in a segment with Renee, and he says, I have a very important announcement. And then he got interrupted by Wheeler Yuta because Cassidy's standing there with Shibata, who lost the uh, pure title to Yuta because Shibata wants to take some time off. Um, on That was on Collision, I think. Um, when Renee goes back to Cassidy, he goes, I don't remember. That's not. No, it, no, he said, I have an important. announcement. Yeah. And Renee said, oh, we're out of time. Oh, yeah. So they go down to the ring, and when they get to the ring, Cassidy goes and grabs a microphone and says, so here's my announcement. And the Tron turns into the, the dancing Danhausen mask, doing the very, very, very nice uh, mm-hmm. from Halloween 2, 3? One of the Halloweens. Yeah. um, 2, I think. And then his music played. Dan Housing comes out. He gets involved in this match because it's Orange Cassidy, Shibata, and Hook versus uh, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, and Jake Hager. At one point, uh, Dan Housing hops up on the ring apron, and Hager goes to attack him, and he reaches behind him. He pulls out the purple hat and puts it on. Yeah. Hager then chases him outside the ring. Dan Housen curses Hager. He stands there for a second and then gets just blindsided by Cassidy diving into him. Yeah. Uh, good guys went on that one. But, yeah, so Dan Housen returned. Biggest return of the, the week, Dan Housen? You know, it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. Top but three. I, I think <laughs> top four. Uh, yeah, top four. Top four, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think we can uh, we can move into Survivor Series now. Yeah. Uh so a little bit of Carlito, yeah. Carlito was pulled from his match. Yep. He was attacked Friday on SmackDown, and Dragon Lee took his place against uh, Santos Santos Escobar. Um, so a little bit of lead up. Survivor Series match, the the or the War Games match, the men's War Games was going to be Judgment Day plus Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, uh, Sami Zayn, and. Seth Rollins. They needed a fifth man. Cody says, I got it. I'm going to call Randy. Yeah, he, he, he says, somebody I have a legacy with. Right. Like, yada, yada, it's yada. dropped all over. Now, reminder, they are in Chicago for Survivor Series, mm-hmm. and all of the rumors are CM Punk. Yeah, all the rumors are CM Punk, but everything, WWE included, you know, put out list. Hey, Punk has not resigned. All of the wrestling journalists were like, "We haven't heard anybody talking about Punk being resigned." Uh, yeah, you know, all this kind of stuff. So Friday night, Randy uh, is supposed to show up. He doesn't. We moved to Survivor Series. Running trail throughout Survivor Series was, "Where's Randy?" Randy hasn't shown up yet. You know, Jay, Seth. And Sammy all go to Cody at different points during the night. Where is Randy? And he's like, look, man, he said he'd be here. He'll be here. I trust him. He'll be here. You know, that kind of stuff. Yep. So let's get into Survivor Series. Uh, the Survivor Series pre-show, there were no matches because WWE not. doesn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start with the women's war game match. Damage control. EO Sky, Asuka, Bailey, and Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and... War games. games. Good match. Very good match. Uh, We start off with Becky versus Bailey. Mm -hmm. And then everybody comes in. I'm not going to go through the list of how everybody came in. EO climbed up to the top of the cage, put a trash can over herself, and then jumped into everybody else. Uh, Uh, It was a super good war games match. There was a lot of, there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of, you know, the traditional spots that you want to see in a War Games match. Mm-hmm. Um, the good guys win. Yep. Which, okay, cool. The good guys win, and 
Then we move into the Intercontinental Championship match. This match had, uh, this was Miz versus Gunther. Yeah, Gunther versus Miz. This match was better than it had any right to be. I mean, Gunther's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. The Miz can really be good when he when he wants yeah. to be. He, he's starting to suffer from Randy Orton disease. Like, if he wants to be good, he is one of the best in the ring. Thing is, he's done it all, so... Yeah. And, you know, we, we were talking last night while watching the show. Miz is the second longest reigning... I, I say reigning. Second longest tenured yeah. WWE superstar. And... The first is Randy Orton. Randy signed in 2001. Miz signed in 2004. But when he yeah. signed in 2004, it was with Tough Enough. So he did that for... He did that. Then he was down in Deep South Wrestling, I think it was, yep. uh, for a while. And then when he finally did come up, it was 07, I think. Yeah. So, but still, longest tenured uh, WWE superstar other than Randy Orton. Uh, Gunther gets the win here via submission, but this was a good match. Mm-hmm. In fact, I will argue there was only one filler match on this pay-per-view, right? and that was this next match coming and up. And the thing with this match, before we leave, like, tell me oh, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. Miz versus uh, Gunther is going to happen. Who wins? Gunther. Gunther. 99.9%. Like, like I'm not even going to give this match a 2% botch, right? Yeah. During that match, there were moments where, I don't know about you, but I know I was sitting here going, huh, they may actually pull the trigger on Miz here. I, I think that they will pull the trigger on Miz eventually. Uh, Miz is, I think, days away mm-hmm. from being the longest reigning, combined, combined reigns. Yep. of the Intercontinental title, and I think that they will give that to him before so. he steps down. Uh, he's got a long history with the Intercontinental title, mm-hmm. and he's always been fairly entertaining with it. Even if I'm, yeah. even if I get sick of his his a lister stick, well, you he, know that's because Miz Miz's character falls in the category that we we've, we've talked about a lot with a lot of wrestlers. It gets stale. Mm-hmm. He he, unlike Jericho. He hasn't innovated himself. Yeah. Jericho always tends to play the same type of heel, but there's always just enough twist that it's refreshing. Yeah. So. Uh, we then move into what I think is the only filler match for the night, and that's not to say that the match itself was bad. It just, I felt nothing for this match. Mm-hmm. And that's Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. WWE has done a terrible job with Escobar. Mm-hmm. He, when he was in NXT, he was, uh, you know, the the head of Legado del Fantasma. It was a great thing. He comes up. He ends up in LWO with Rey Mysterio, and he gets pushed to the back. Uh, like there's Rey. There's Zelina, then way down the list is third, which is Santos, and the other two guys from uh, Legato, which, notice I just said the other two guys, because I don't remember their names. Cruz del Toro and... Um, Wild? Yeah. last name, Wild? I think that, that used to be, I don't think he's using it now, but I could be mistaken. So... They are even further away, right? Santos cut a promo on Friday, though, that I agree with before he attacked Carlito. His promo was basically, Ray, Carlito, I wanted to rejoin, I wanted to reform the LWO. I wanted it to be special. You guys were supposed to be the mentors. And instead, you came in and took all the spotlight. Mm Mm-hmm. It should have been me with the w, the United, uh, States. United States Championship. You know, not you guys. Not you guys that have been around for too long. Basically running down the WWE concept of, oh, our legends? Oh, yeah, we're going to push them until they fall apart completely. Mm-hmm. 
and then scramble to try to build somebody new. The reason this match didn't mean anything to me is because Santos Escobar doesn't mean anything to me. Dragon Lee is beginning to heat up in NXT, but he's an NXT guy. Mm-hmm. We don't watch NXT, so we don't know who he is. Yeah, we haven't watched NXT since they ruined it. I mean, yeah. what? So we don't know who the dude is, really. I mean, I've seen a couple of his matches. He's good. Yeah. But as far as a character, I, I, I don't care. I'm not invested. And I don't really give a care at all about Escobar because the WWE has seen to it that he is the third fiddle in LWO. Yeah. So why would I care about this match at all? You, you don't. You don't. Especially and, for it to be on a big four. And and here's the thing is I think that they were full on Carlito versus Santos, which would have had at least something to care about there. And then somewhere along the way, maybe even this week, they realized, oh, we can't have Santos lose. Can't have Santos lose, and you can't have Carlito lose. Can't have Carlito lose. What do we do? Mm-hmm. And so they scrambled, and we ended up with this. <laughs> As I elbow my mic stand. So they scrambled, and we ended up with this. It just, and it just, it felt like a filler match. It did. 100%. Next up, we have the Women's World Championship match. Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark. I really enjoyed this match. I enjoyed it. This is exactly what I expected out of these two women. Yep. Uh, the match heats up towards the end. And, of course, Rhea is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And she just manhandles Zoe throughout the match. But Zoe gets her offense in. Zoe gets her offense in. Zoe tells the story of... No matter what you do to me, I am not going down, right? Like, yep. she, there's a spot where she's, like, on her knees, screaming at Rhea, hit me, bitch, hit me, you know? Yeah, this is this is where we go into the final segment. And it's not just a couple moves. They, they, there's still a few minutes, but this is the final arc of the story. Yep. And she's like, hit me, Rhea, hit me. Rhea kicks her, mm-hmm. uh, which she was, you know, it was like... Obviously not expecting. Mm-hmm. She goes back. They get some moves. She gets the advantage over Rhea. Mm-hmm. Rhea kicks out, gets up, couple moves, slips her right into a riptide. Yep. One, two, three. Rhea came out uh, honoring, I guess is the best way to put that, because I don't want to say cosplaying, but honoring Luna Vachon. Uh, she had the uh, the tight braids on the side of the head. Mm-hmm. Which Luna didn't really have tight braids, or shaved, but this is the closest Ray could get. Um, with the poofed up middle, had the lightning bolt uh, makeup around her eyes, you know, the whole thing. So I thought yeah. it was really cool. Um, but yeah, Rhea wins, which is fine with me. Zoe put on a very good show. I think Zoe looked very strong in this. Yeah. Uh, she's not quite ready to be the champion. No. And, and by saying what I mean by that, obviously. So he could be champion. It'd be, it'd be fine. But mm. story wise, story wise and character wise, here long enough. Yeah, I right? would say character wise, she's not there. Especially yet. to knock off Rhea, who is currently like the powerhouse of WWE. Yeah. Like I would, I would argue at the moment that she is easily the face of the women's division, and quite possibly the face of WWE. I, I would say the only person on the women's side who stands above her, mm-hmm. and that's just because of the body of work, is Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and well, yeah, but what I mean is, like, right now, yeah, right now Becky hasn't been doing much. Yeah, Becky has been doing what she's supposed to do at this point in her career mm-hmm. in helping build other people. Yep. And Zoe's one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's doing what she needs to do. Becky can step back into the title holder role at any time because she oh, is yeah. still the man. You know, they, they've made sure to keep her strong. But, yeah, Ray is crushing it right now. Yep, absolutely. We then move into our main event for the evening, and which caused us to be like, right. hey, what? <laughs> like, we, we forgot to talk about the major return. I mean, oh, we talked about it a little earlier, but we, we during did. the show. Yeah. So, Survivor Series is sponsored by Ruffles. 
And if you didn't know, they were going to remind you sure. every single time that so, they had an opportunity. So we get a backstage segment where Otis says, ah, chips, right? Because, you know, Otis, uh, mm-hmm. food, fat guy. Um, and Pretty Deadly comes in and they're like, oh, you've got crisp. Because English. Mm-hmm. So they go back and forth a little bit about it's chips. No, it's crisps. No, it's chips. They're they're literally tugging the a bowl. bowl of ruffles. And the bowl gets dropped and chips go everywhere. And Pretty Deadly looks at Otis and they're like trying to apologize. And all of a sudden, our truth pops up. Yeah. So Pretty Deadly actually goes to grab the bowl yeah, and clean up clean the chips. Up. And here's our truth. And our truth comes from behind the couch. With a with a thing he goes, Chips, Chris, y'all both wrong. It's ruffles. <laughs> and like eats a couple of them and then just walks away. Well, like they do a little more than that. But yeah, yeah you know, so they're You're like, like truth, hey, where where'd you come from? I've been here the whole time. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Which is what led us to go, well, you know, truth just got left the last time they were through Chicago and now they've come back to pick him up. Yeah. So war games. Then Tazawa did yeah, some weird he did dance. The, the thing. ruffle shuffle. Yeah. Like so, I said, some weird dancing. We <laughs> then go uh, to so we got our main event. We we still have a backstage segment right before the main event, uh, where the faces are all in the locker room. Yeah. And they're like, "Where's Randy? He's he's not here." And he's Cody's like, "He'll be here. We're on now. Where is he?" Yep. They go out. Do all of their entrances. and yeah, Drew comes out and does his entrance. Judgment Day comes out as a single group. Mm-hmm. Drew and uh, Priest kind of have a, a stare down. It was the weirdest thing because yeah. Judgment Day came out and then Drew came out, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. And you had J.D. McDonough just staring daggers at Drew the whole time. And then after a beat, everybody on Judgment Day starts staring daggers at Drew Drew is faced off with Damian Priest, just eye to eye. And it's just like, what's weird? What's going on here? All the faces get their entrance, minus Randy, because mm-hmm. he doesn't come out. Yeah. So we start off, and our, our starting was Finn and Seth. Yeah. Were our, our two that kicked it off. So we go through, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Heels had the advantage. Heels, you know, which on the the women's the faces had the advantage, which was which odd because it's always the heel has the advantage on a war games match. But you know, here you go. So we get down to the last person. It's it should be Randy, right? Buzzer, and Judgment Day's music hits, and Rhea comes running out of the back with the briefcase yes. and a ref now. To set this up before the buzzer goes off, they set a table up and Seth gets put through the table. So, like, we sit here and we're like, is he going to cash in here? And how does that work? Mm -hmm. You know, so my thought was, okay, they cash in. That's a separate match because Randy hasn't joined the thing yet. So the War Games match hasn't even started. So it can't end. Because it hasn't started. Because with War Games, you, yeah. the match doesn't officially start until everybody's in the ring. So, if Priest pins Seth, Priest would become champion in the middle of the War Games match. And I thought that would be a really cool thing to tell. However, as Ray is, you know... What, what tell, is, this, is this the 24-7 title? I mean... Right. <laughs> no, I, I just think it would be cool. No, yeah, no, that would have been a really cool story. So, as Ray is giving the ref the box, and the ref's like, do you want to cash in the briefcase? Yes, we want to cash in the briefcase. Are you sure you want to cash in the briefcase? Yes, we're sure we want to cash in the briefcase. Are you positive you want to cash in the briefcase? Are you sure I you want to cash in the briefcase? Right, because the cash-in can never be quick, Yeah, right? It, it's always the ref asking, like, 4,700 times, are you sure? No, like, you know when they're cashing it in, because, because it's, it's always, you cash it in, and they go. They ring. So uh, when they're trying to build the suspense, they play up the, and and out comes the walking HGH himself, <laughs> Randy Orton. He does look good Dude for having swole. double back surgery, yes. double back fusion. He comes down. He gets in the ring. They start their thing, right? 
He doesn't look like he has any rust at all. Yeah, and the thing is, he only took like one or two bumps. Like, he took almost no bumps Mm -hmm. here. Well, he needed. He didn't need to take bumps. Yeah, this is he hits, this is Terminator Randy right now. Yeah, he hits the uh, the draping DDT. Then they have a spot where all five of the good guys get all five of the bad guys and hit the draping DDTs. Um, there's a spot where Randy and Jay kind of face off because history lesson, storyline wise at least, Jay, Jimmy, and the Bloodline are the reason Randy. I put on the shelf. Yep. So like, and and talking, they're talking about it. Like Jay saying, yeah, man, he's not going to show up because I'm on this team. You know, I'm going to cause, you know, I'm going to cause this problem because of me, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. So priest comes charging at drew at, uh, uh, Randy from behind back and Jay steps beside him and super kicks him. And at that point, Randy's like, I, maybe you, okay. Speaking of problems and and Jay, Drew, while he's destroying Jay, is apologize for what you did. All you had to do was say you were sorry and accept responsibility. Like, Drew's not wrong. (laughs) Like, he is screaming at him, you never even said you're sorry. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm on Drew's side on this one. Like, you, you tormented him for months. Yeah. Kept him from getting the championship. Kept, you know, constantly cheating in every match that he was involved in. And all of a sudden you wanted to just be water under the bridge without even saying, Hey, look, man, I'm sorry. I was kind of in a bad place. Um, kind of, I know, I know I it doesn't do. excuse it, but I know it's you know. not an excuse, but look, I, I'm, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be better. I apologize. You know, all that kind of stuff, but that never happened. So I thought it was, it was a really cool point that drew referenced that as yeah. the, yeah, man, this is your fault. You're you're the reason I'm on the Judgment Day's team, basically. Yeah. Um. So we get to the end. The good guys win. Mm-hmm. They 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 get the pin. They celebrate in the ring. Drew rolls out of the ring, and this is like the little bug comes up on the bottom, right? So show's over. Everybody gets to go home. Drew rolls out of the ring, storms up the ramp, and according to Backstage reports, all this kind of stuff. Goes into his locker room, puts on sweats and a hoodie, and leaves. Doesn't take a shower, doesn't do anything. Just goes and gets in his car and drives off. Leaves the arena. Like, he was pissed about something. Yeah. I don't know if it was a bad spot. He takes a haluva kick during the match, so I don't know if maybe there was a miss. I don't know if he if there was a miscommunication somewhere. See, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see him storming out because of a bad spot. Especially from a, somebody like Sammy, anybody yeah. in that match. There's there's right, nobody right, right, in that right. match that yeah. I would think that Drew. What had I, he? With? I, I don't know JD McDonough. I don't know his relationship yeah. with Drew. But like any of the rest of the guys in that match, I can't see Drew really having any. Yeah, you're gonna have personality conflicts in any job. Yeah, I thought, but I was also thinking, you know, Drew's contract is up or is coming up very soon. Yeah. So maybe before the you know before the match in the backstage they were discussing numbers they were discussing contract and they couldn't come to an agreement somewhere which according uh, to Meltzer or one of the I don't remember if it was which one it was but mm-hmm. according to one of the dirt sheets they haven't even started discussions yet WWE feels like there's plenty of time to start discussions right. so who knows but he was apparently pissed and left um so like we said you know bug comes up we turn off the TV. Mm-hmm. Say, all right, guys, you know, see y'all next week, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's late. You'd it's had to late. work for, yeah. you know, hard for, for a couple day. days. And we were just like, we're going to go home. We all go get in our cars. We drive home. Our buddy from the Travelers on the Omnibus podcast, Jay, yep. sends us a text of, oh, it's okay. Okay, now it's time for Jack Perry to come back because he shouldn't be out longer than CM Punk. And we were like, what the hell? I was like, well, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And the you thing know, is, like, we had had that we same had discussion. Had the discussion. So, you know, sure, we we all talk about wrestling. We hang out and watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. We all are of the same kind of mind on wrestling and that kind of stuff for the most part. Exactly. So we're just like, is you, Jay's just start, trying to start a conversation. And then uh, <laughs> I, I want to get the actual. So let me go here. And then I go to. Because yeah, Jay says. Let me get back up here to it. Yeah, Jack Perry needs to come back. Now, I feel his suspension was justified, but in no way should Jack Perry be out of wrestling longer than Punk. 
Which, okay, sure, whatever. Didn't think anything of that. I right, go. Your response was, we were talking about this earlier. It's time he came back. I'd argue that he should have been brought back the week after Punk was let go. But you know what? Okay. You're right. You know what? There's the fight. You want to suspend him because of the fight while you figure out what happened or you, you work through that. Sure. Sure. Then I get a text message from Michael, from one Michael Hill, my co-host <laughs> sitting here. We turned the TV off too early. My response, oh, Punk actually returned. No way. And then here's the link. Yeah. After they put the bug up, after that was already done, cult of personality hits, and Punk walks out in jeans and a t-shirt. And Seth Rollins lost he goddamn mind. Oh, yeah. He was down at the ring apron. The Cody, uh, Michael Cole... And Corey Graves, Corey Graves, couple were, of the refs were physically holding this dude back as he is screaming "F you, Phil," and flipping him off, and flipping him off. So that leads us to think: okay, so is this a work or a shoot? I am of the mind that it's both. I think it's one of those times that you have shoot issues. Because those two do not like yeah. each other. You you have shoot issues, but you have Seth as a professional and a company man. Who will work with him. Who will put that aside to work with him. Or and maybe not put it aside, but use it for a yeah. storyline, right? He'll, he'll use he, it. He's not going to like him. He's gonna, not going to interact with him beyond what he has to do for the job. Because there was an interview that Seth did, I think it was last year, because it was while Punk it was, was still in AEW. It was earlier this year. Earlier this year. Because while Punk was still in AEW, it was before he got suspended, any of that kind of stuff. And he was asked about Punk. And he was he pulled no punches about calling Phil, not CM Punk, but Phil, cancer. Mm-hmm. And that, no, he does not want him back in the WWE. He doesn't need that cancer in the locker room. It's big words, right? Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, Punk's back in WWE. Triple H posts a picture of him and, and Phil uh, with the caption that just says, Cold Night in Hell. Yep. Uh, apparently, he signed his contract, which looks to be a couple of a multi-year, right before, or during Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. He was not there when the show started. So, I, I think, I don't think he signed his contract during Survivor Series. I think he signed it earlier in the day. Maybe earlier in the day, because... But- Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, which, hey, look, if you guys aren't subscribed to Fightful, you should. It's five bucks a month. Um, He said that at noon, every source he had had said Punk had not signed. And Ross is usually pretty good about if somebody has signed, he's able to talk about it within reason pretty yeah. quick because the now, people he knows. I will say that talks apparently started this week. Yes. So talks were they ongoing this week. this week. Yeah. According to Triple H, the only people who knew about it were Nick Khan, mm-hmm. CM Punk, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yes. All of Ek. And they had to. And so he signed earlier in the day. Apparently... The people in the match were pulled aside right before the match and started and told it was going to happen, which, I, good. That, like, could be, that could be why Drew was pissed. That could be why Drew was pissed. I mean, it, that's one of those things where here you have the return of Randy Orton. Two fans were talking did, about him. He didn't get booed. No, like, he came out to a huge pop. He came out to a huge pop. He performed well in the ring. They're celebrating their War Games win, and it's interrupted by cult of personality and outwalk CM Punk. It makes me think. Now, if they didn't tell, like, if I'm in that ring mm-hmm. and they don't tell me that, I'm celebrating, or even if I'm one of the losing team and I'm laying there just absorbing right. the the win for the other guys. That, that we put on a great show. Yeah, we put on a great show. And you're going to interrupt me and you're not going to tell me that CM Punk, uh, oh, right. I would be, I would be pissed. Hot. It reminds me of the night when Adam Cole and Brian Danielson showed up in AEW. Mm-hmm. 
only with a negative stigma. Because Cole appears, right? And everybody's like, oh, my God, it's Adam Cole. You yeah. Know? And then Danielson shows up, too, and it's like, oh, my God, it's Danielson. We got both of these in one night. You know, it was it was insane. Mm-hmm. We got Randy Orton back. We knew Randy was coming back. Yeah. Like, like the, WWE isn't subtle in most cases. They, they, well, Randy's going to be here. They, no. And they made sure because they were in Chicago. Yeah. I'm sure they would have loved, if they weren't in Chicago or Punk wasn't a free agent, I don't think we know Randy's coming back oh, until sure. the show. For sure. But I think, <laughs> I think what they could have done, and we talked about this, that could have, the only thing that could have had a little more impact would have been like if Randy wasn't quite ready to come back. Mm hmm. But they're teasing Randy. Survivor Series gets here. You get to that that fifth man. I hear voices in my head. And no one walks out of the, the back. And the Judgment Day just start laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And they start beating up Handicap. And after all the good guys are down, mm-hmm. the Judgment Day is just like, should we pin them? Ah, should we beat them up some more? Then you hear... Cult of, cult of personality hit, and Punk comes running out in gear. That would have been a cooler moment, I think. That said, Seth Rollins would have probably been like, absolutely not. And I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. Uh, so I think the way they did it is very serviceable. It's very much the way that I don't think it would injure too many egos, too mm-hmm. much pride anywhere. Um, I'm... I'm morbidly curious about how Punk is going to work out in WWE. I am not a fan of his anymore. Like, not at all. I used to be a major, major CM Punk fan. Go back and listen to us when Punk debuted in AEW. Oh, yeah. You will hear that we were both fans of CM Punk. Huge fans. Huge fans. His actions over the last two years have just completely. Or even, not even two years, the last year. Yep. It all happened in a year. And crying man, child punk. That's what CM yeah. Punk stands for. Because he just can't do it. Yeah. I just, 100% agree it is time for Jack Perry to come back. Even yeah. if Jack, I, I know some. the rumor is, is the Jack, that Jack Perry might be the, the man behind the devil mask Yeah, in, in AEW. And I'm there for it. That would be cool. But I'd be okay with it. You bring him back as Jack Perry for a couple matches here and there. Make him think, make us think he's still in the doghouse. Maybe mm-hmm. he is still in the doghouse. And he just comes and he loses a couple matches on dynamite and collision. Yep. But you put that man back on TV mm-hmm. because he should not have been suspended this for long. this long. Should he have been suspended? Yes, I think so. But I, I, me- I think the only reason he should have been suspended is because you were actually investigating the fight. But based on what we've heard, like, see, this is how I feel about it, right? In a normal world, no, he doesn't get suspended for this. Mm -hmm. But intent matters. You know what kind of person Phil Brooks is. He has already shown this multiple times between brawl out, between his off-the-cuff Instagram rants and comments about perceived slights and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff, he has already caused damage to the company because of his actions. Then, yes, you and him got into a a little spat about using real glass in a match and... And, you know, the we don't do that kind of stuff here and, and all that kind of stuff. Sure, that happened. Yeah. You antagonized him, though. Now, if Punk was an adult, nothing would have happened. And I hate to put that out there is that, you know, protect the bully. But I think Perry went out and said it knowing that something would happen. So I feel like there should be a little bit of punishment to that for not for not acting in good faith. Mm-hmm. Should he have been suspended this long? Absolutely not. Should he a couple of weeks? 
Like, hey, you know, we're going to suspend you. You're going to be gone for the next two weeks without pay, and then you're back. You know, that kind of thing. At least as soon as they said, AEW has come to terms with the firing. And they use that term, firing, not not we let go, not released. Firing of Phil Brooks with, with cause. calls. As soon as that happened, the next week on Dynamite, Perry should have been back. Yeah. So Look, we, we can argue what Jack Perry did wasn't smart. It was not smart. It, it wasn't smart. But and that being said, CM Punk had been talking on Twitter, Instagram, the news sources about how dumb Jack Perry was. Yeah. Specifically Jack Perry for that glass spot. And I think that Punk goaded Perry. I, I, I think, think he that, did too. I think, I think that Perry's too. like, I've got to respond somehow. And putting him, putting, I don't even remember who his opponent was in that match through that glass. Yeah. And, and in saying that, I think that that was his deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it, Phil. Cause you don't control my career. Right. And, 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 and I will agree I 100%. There's no reason to use real glass. There dangerous. isn't. It's dumb. It's dangerous. But it's Jack Perry's body. It's Jack Perry's career. And it's his opponent's body and his opponent's career. And if his opponent agrees to it. See, that's though where it comes into like, you know, people talk about football. They talk about all the different rules different now than in the mm-hmm. past about roughing the passer and roughing the kicker and how you can tackle and targeting and all this kind of stuff and how it's made football a weak sport now. Okay. It, it has. But well, you know what else it's done? It's kept people from putting shotguns to their chest and leaving notes that said, hey, I'm doing it my this brain. way so you can study my brain. Yeah. No, um, I, and I agree with all so of that. there's protection out there, and it's got to be. But I think that that speaks more to Tony Khan's negligence. 100%. 100%. Than, like, you know. I would say... And this is, you know, a, a quick topic as well. Tony Khan almost has more of a role in the actions of Punk than Punk does. Mm-hmm. Punk's a le- Punk's a legend, right? He is he is old guard. He was fire. He was everything back in the day. He leaves WWE. Under circumstances, he is very vocal about the circumstances. WWE doesn't say anything, which mm-hmm. just makes them look worse, I think. So everybody jumps on Punk's side about how bad WWE was. I think, it, before I let you finish, just the, real quick, WWE was in a no-win scenario. They there. were. Oh, 100% Anything they that they said would not have done anything. So uh, they yeah. did the best they option. Say, they, they, they chose the best option yeah, of was, which they the bad out. options. They could say they could either say, yeah, he's right, which, good Lord, or they immediately argue with him, but he's already controlling the narrative. Yeah. So Punk comes back to AEW. He cuts the promos about how he's here to, you know, put over the good guys. He's here to... You know, raise up the new talent. He's here to, you know, be that mouthpiece, be that person. And then he isn't. You know, Danielson's promo was similar, but his was, I'm here to kick in people's heads. Mm -hmm. I want to put on the best possible matches. And he has. You have Brawl Out. If Tony Khan at Brawl Out, as soon as Punk started going off on his little weird, I'm hurt, I'm tired, I work with children, you know, his little rant thing, if Tony would have been like, show's over, turn off the mics, and just immediately... Thanks, Phil, have a good, have a good night. immediately shut it down and said, we're not doing... And then had a conversation with Phil. Dude, we're not doing that. This isn't WWE. Mm-hmm. We're not trashing our coworkers. We're not causing problems. This ain't it. If Tony yeah. Khan would have stepped up right then... I think you still have CM Punk and AEW. I think so too. Because he would have. Because at that point, him just sitting there behind CM Punk with that goofy look on his face and not doing anything, told Phil Brooks, "I can do anything I want to." Yep, I have carte blanche. I can do whatever I, can do I want. Whatever I want. This is my company now. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that led to, with, with that leading to the fight backstage, I think Kenny and the Bucks were right. I think they, I think part of their mindset was probably, damn, Tony, you should have said something. Like, Instead, yeah. you let him run over us. Let him run let him over run everyone. Over, he ran over the entire three company. years of what we've built, you let one guy who's been out of wrestling for seven years mm-hmm. destroy it. Yep. So, there you go. And then and Tony even made the comment when he fired him that his, his hand was basically forced. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he wanted to. No. He had to. CM Punk put Tony Khan in f- harm's way. Yeah. And Tony Khan won't stand for that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I hope See, the WWE system... There, There's a worry that I have with professional wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before to some extent. You have all of these wrestlers right now that are trying to make a name for themselves. And we spent, I say we, wrestling spent 20 years. (laughs) You know, the the last 10 10 years or so, 15 years, since the Benoit tragedy, since Eddie's death, Mm -hmm. uh, of, okay, we now need to figure this out because people are dying at 40 mm-hmm. and we've got to figure out and we've got to put a stop. So WWE implements the wellness program mm-hmm. for good or ill. They implement the wellness program. We start to see wrestlers when they're injured, mm-hmm. they take time off when they have concussions, they're immediately pulled. They yeah. don't finish the match. The match is stopped and we're, we're taking care of our performers. Mm-hmm. And then you have Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And right. you have Brian Danielson. Who set Brian, back. Brian Danielson comes out and, you know, as he hits his pinnacle, he reaches the top of his career. He becomes a WWE champion at WrestleMania. And two months later, he's put on the shelf for years mm-hmm. because his body's broken. Yeah. And he fights his way back. Mm-hmm. Great story. Loved it. I'm a huge yeah. Jane O'Brien fan. Him. And, and then Copeland. you have Paige. You know, yeah. You have these people coming back. And then you have Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. who tears his peck. Torn peck. And not only does he have a minor tear, yeah. he ends up tearing his entire peck off of the bone. Yep. And then he goes out and wrestles. Does a hell in a cell match. Not just a regular match. Mm. Like he does a, a extreme rules match. Yeah. And then you follow that up with Brian Danielson breaking his arm in the ring. Finishing the match. Finishing the match. And then you follow that up with Brian Danielson with a broken orbital bone. Dealing with it and wrestling with it for mm-hmm. weeks. This is something that came out this week. Yeah. He had the broken orbital bone for a while, and it only became an issue when he could no longer feel his nose because his face was swelling and being like, there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, with Danielson, I almost get it. Not Not saying it's safe by any means, right? Not saying he should be in the ring. The The... The medical staff should have stepped in and be like, nah, bruh, no. What I mean is in the mentality of it. Mm -hmm. I can almost stand Danielson's mentality of, I'm going to wrestle with this broken arm, I'm going to wrestle with the broken cheek, because I missed so much time. That X number of years, because what, it was like six, seven years, something like that? Nine years? Four years, I think. Four years. It it was was a significant amount of years. He missed in the ring. So that mentality of, I missed this time, so I have to make it up. I can't, you know, the, the, he wouldn't let himself do it. I can, I can understand it. It's stupid. The, the medical staff should have been like, look, man, I appreciate what you're saying. 
No. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. See, what a, I don't understand it because of Birdie and Buddy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and he, I, he I has don't made get the comment, that. But I also think that falls into it, too, because he's made the comment that he's getting close to ending his career. He promised Bree, I think it was when one of the kids started school or got out of school or something like that. I think it was started school. He would he would wrap up his wrestling. Yeah. And that or when they got to fifteen, I think it was. So it, it was something. He had he had put a hard here. Mm-hmm. When this happens, I'm done. And that's coming up like next year or the year after or something like that. It's like super close. Um so I could see him being like, I don't want to waste any time that I've got left. I mean, every every old wrestler you talk to always says it's the draw to come back. Mm-hmm. You can retire, but you're gonna come back. And I mean Aside from the fact that Ric Flair owes alimony to about four hundred right. women, child support to another thousand or two, well, um, like even even the ones, Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. when he retired, he said, "I'm done. I'm done. Done. Done." He came back and wrestled twice since then. Mm-hmm. Saudi shows. Whatever, I mean, I I I, 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 I been, actually believe with Shawn that he was done. Yeah, but, but they threw so much money at him back that in the he, ring. Stone Cold, I'm done. He has been back in the ring. Undertaker right now has not been back in the ring since he retired. Um, I don't know if that's because he just hasn't or because he can't. Because I, I, I think know, it's a combination of both. I, I think that with, with Taker, yeah, when he, he, had, he retired officially, but he was kind of unofficially retired yeah. before that, where he when, was only wrestling at Mania. When he had the, con- the the confrontation with Bray Wyatt in the ring, him getting in the ring looked painful. Yeah. So, I mean, 30 years of dropping to your knees 300 nights a year. Yeah. That's got to take the toll on the knees and the back and everything. Oh, yeah. You know, you you talk to Hulk Hogan, whose spine was literally bent, and he shortened, you know, he was shorter because of that leg drop. We've gotten way off topic Mm -hmm. from what we were discussing with CM Punk there. I still say, if Tony would have, you know, to use the colloquialism, nutted up, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have this problem. And I wonder if WWE and the system, the machine that they have... If if Punk tries it, is the system going to be like, who the hell do you think you are? And we're going to see some kind of repercussion. And if we do, are we going to see Punk just go, you know who I am? I'm taking my ball and going home. I, I think that we'll see Punk. You know who I am? I'm taking my ball and going home. Uh, that's Phil Brooks. Yeah, I, I, that That's Phil Brooks. But... I think that they probably also in the contract signing process. I don't want to say Triple H had that conversation because I think Triple H is the wrong person to have that conversation with CM Punk about that. But Nick Khan don't get along. Nick Khan probably said, "Look, Phil, we're not going to be playing any games. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened in AEW." And I guarantee you, they know more than we do about what actually happened in AEW. You know, we saw what happened. We're not going to play you cross this line. And here is this line. We're going to show you right now exactly where that line is. You cross that line, you're out, you're gone. It wouldn't surprise me if it's written in his contract somewhere. It very well could be. There, there definitely could be the uh, the dead man switch in there that says, if at any point we deem that your actions are detrimental mm-hmm. to the company in any way that we define, <laughs> yeah, you're done. So I don't know, but I will say Survivor Series was overall good. Yeah, Survivor Series. I, I'm not even going to say overall it. good. Survivor Series was a solid pay-per-view. The only, I, I'm not going to call it great because it just nothing. 
the nothing the, shell, you know. The Escobar Dragon Lee match kind of took away from it. It wasn't that was a that wasn't a bad match, but the just the whole atmosphere of the match took away from it. Um, nothing happened in the show aside from Punk coming back yeah. that is world shattering. Yes. So I, I think that that keeps it from that greatness level. But it was a solid, solid pay per view. I enjoyed it. Yeah, if you got it, Peacock, you watch it. Yeah, it was good. It was worth it. Take take three hours because. It was pretty quick. It went from seven to ten. Yeah, it was. It, it was a Monday Night Raw, you know. So I guess with that, we'll say thanks, McNarb Gaming, for Thank allowing you, us to use uh, the studio space here to record our show on mm-hmm. a weekly basis. Um, come see them if you have any needs for any kind of nerd culture propaganda, uh, 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 paraphernalia, Pro- propaganda, propaganda, <laughs> paraphernalia. Uh, you know, board games, card games. Sleeves, deck boxes, dice, mm-hmm. RPG books. It's all over there. They got some great mystery boxes and bags going on right now. Yeah, and um, they're even pre-wrapped right now. Yeah. If you've got somebody in your family who's into board games, come pick up a mystery box for them. Yeah. If you got somebody that's into RPGs, pick up a mystery bag. You're getting a great deal. Mm-hmm. And you never know what you might get. Exactly. Uh, and we want to say thank you to Big Dog Liquor. Uh, when we're not buying our liquor from stores in North Carolina while we're on vacation, we try to get our liquor from Big Dog Liquor. He's got a great selection there. He's got a lot of deals going on. We're rolling into the holiday season. We've kicked off with Thanksgiving. You, Your family may have just left you. Now it's time to start restocking the... Uh, the liquor cabinet for the, Christmas. The way you just said, your family may have just left you. <laughs> become an alcoholic. Uh, well, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't become an alcoholic. Please drink responsibly. Drink responsibly, people. Uh, 21 or over. You know, but restock that liquor cabinet. Get ready for Christmas coming up. And, yeah. And so, hey, you've listened to us. If you're at this part, you've listened through the whole show. Congratulations. You also need to go give our buddies at Travels Only Omnibus a listen. Yep. Uh, those dudes talk about uh, nerd culture as a whole. Uh, they're, we're looking at the whiteboard. So, spoiler, the new episode that's coming out will be a whiteboard episode. I'm not going to tell you what. That's a top five episode. It is a top five episode. But looking at some of the things on here, and I already know what it is, I will say that some of it I agree with. Other parts I don't. So, listen to them and see what your opinions are, and then let them know on their Spotify page. And while you're listening to them, go ahead and listen to one of them, Jody. While you're listening to them. Yes. Listen to both of them at the same time. (laughs) At the same time. Once you've listened to them, check out Jody. You'll have just heard him on Travelers. He has his own podcast called Fearology, where he talks about his relationship with the horror genre and how that has affected his life over the years. He also releases some experimental music, and you should check all of that out. And then finally, if just movies as a whole is your jam, uh, listen to Silence Your Cell Phones. Mm -hmm. These guys, uh, Kevin and Jarrett, do uh, reviews on new movies, uh, Netflix stuff. Uh, They're available on podcasts. They're also available on YouTube because they're fancy like that. Yep. Uh, So just give them a listen. You're probably going to be doing some traveling for holidays, so that'll give you some stuff to to go through on your podcasts. And with all of that said, Mm -hmm. I think it's time for us to uh, to head on home. I think so. Yeah. So see you next week, guys. Cheers. Cheers.